Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. God put in my heart to name this um, sermon or message, Manifest Presence. You know, and I'm going, I'm going to explain to you later why. But... Um, the word presence has uh, many meanings. Uh, when we think about the word presence, we can imagine, or I can't imagine having someone in front of me, or, or like you and me are right now. I can see you and you can see me. So I can see you physically. The presence of you is in front of me. But like I said, we can find many meanings. And one of them, I have two here. And the number one is that uh, the word presence is appearance or external appearance of someone or something. And number two, attendance or uh, state of a thing that is in front of one or more others or in the same place as them. Uh, I don't know if you know, but we can also be physically absent, but at the same time present. I don't know if you know, but the Bible speaks about that. And we can go, can we go to 1 Corinthians 5.3 if you have your Bible with you? If not, you can read it on the screen. Okay, so the scripture says, For my part, even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church of Corinthians. So uh, that is the kind of presence that I want to talk to you today. I'm not talking about the presence of the Apostle Paul uh, physically. I'm, I'm talking about the presence of God. Why we are here today, because we love him and because we need his presence. Above all, we need the presence of the Lord. Uh, the presence of the Lord is something that you can't explain. I can't explain the presence of the Lord. But I can tell you, can tell you what happened when the presence of the Lord is in, in a place. So the Lord is here and he's going to do something today in your life. And I prophesize upon you, over you, that the Lord is going to speak to your heart today. Because he told me that. And let me, let me uh, be real with you. When I was doing, uh, when I was working on this sermon, on this message, I was asking God, please God, let like just small people come to church Sunday <laughs> because, because I am nervous God. And, and I can see you guys here. So, so God, God is good. You know, someone in this play needs this word. So if you are here, it's because the Lord has something for you. Amen. So when we speak of the presence of God, we are not speaking of something or an, an ex physical experience only. But we are talking about a, a spiritual exp experience, which goes beyond the natural. Like I said, I can't explain. I can't, I can't, I can't explain, explain the presence of God, but I can tell you what happened. And I will 
take as a basis the scripture of Exodus 19.9. But before we go to that scripture, uh, I would like to speak to you a little bit what happened with the people of Israel in the previous 18 chapters. I'm going to make a small summary of what happened with the people of Israel. So what happened with the people of Israel in those previous eight chapters uh, was that God brought them to out of Egypt and it, it was the three, uh, I'm sorry, it was three months from their, their departure from Egypt. So they came to the desert of Sinai and that desert uh, there was a mount, a mountain that it, it was called Mount Sinai. I'm sorry, but uh, sometimes my my mouth is stuck sometimes with the English. Okay, so God returned the people of Israel. I'm sorry, Moses and took the people of Israel to this place. So Moses, do you remember Moses was a man of God. He is, he was an amazing um, deliverer of the people of Israel. So God used him tremendously. So God took Moses to the same place. Do you remember the burning bush? Do you remember what happened when uh, God appeared to Moses well God took him back to the same place so like I said they took the people of Israel to the same place you know sometimes you know and I want to stop here sometimes God uh, used my life to bring you I'm talking in general you know it could be Carlos or someone else uh, to the place where I when I saw his presence I can help people to know Jesus to meet with Jesus and that is the same thing what that happened with the people of Israel so God took Moses to that place to give him instruction so that the people of Israel can get the the uh, the land of Can uh, Canaan or the promised land. Okay, are you following me? Okay, so God took Moses to that place and he told, I'm going to give you some instructions for you. But uh, before that, I'm going to... Uh, give um, I need to give to the people of Israel a word and we can go now we can go Exodus 19 4 through 6 please Exodus 19 4 through 6 okay the Bible says you yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles wings and brought you to myself now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession although the whole earth is mine you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation there are the words you are to speak to the Israelites 
So we're going to stop here. The first thing that the Lord told Moses to tell the people of Israel is, you yourself have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. There is something important that happened with the eagle wings. The eagle wings are strong and secure, but they also speak of protection. You know what happened with uh, the eagles? It is said that eagles do not carry the baby eagles with, with their talons. You know what happened? The baby attached themselves to the body of the mother, especially the wings, over the wings, over. Okay? So, when, um, when the eagle are flying, the, she can protect their children. And listen to this. Any arrow from the hunter must pass through her before it can touch any of their, the, the, her babies. Do you understand? Do you understand? And what is God saying to the people of Israel? He is telling them the same way that I protected, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, the same way that the eagles protected their children, that is the same way that I have protected you during all this time. So the Lord is our protection. And I know, but I, there are a lot of people in this place, and I can feel it in my heart, that they are now in a place, in a dangerous place. I'm not talking about physically, but sometimes spiritually. So when, when I was reading this, when I was studying this, and I was studying the eagles, I can see the mercy of God all my life, over my life, and your life. So the Lord is telling them, I protected you, and I'm going to continue to do it. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, the only thing that we need to do is to attach to the presence of the Lord. It's the only thing that we need to do. Attaching to the presence of the Lord, he's going to protect us. Amen? So, this is the first thing. The second thing is, if you obey me fully and keep your covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. What you can say or tell me when you think about a treasure, jewels, Precious, precious stones, gold, silver, think of great value. God was telling them, you are my treasure, my value, I'm sorry, treasure for me. You are, um, you are my special people. You know, God chose the people of Israel not because they were perfect. They were not perfect, but they were still waiting for salvation when they were in Egypt. If you wait on the Lord, it doesn't matter where you are right now. If you wait on him and you attach to his presence, he's going to take you out of the place where you are right now. So the third thing is you will be for me a kingdom of priests. God had 
destinated to the people of Israel to be a kingdom of priests. The book of Revelation says that God calls us to be kings and Nancy, you know, priests for him. So if you are a queen and a king, the chair where you are right now is a what? A throne. Yeah, you are a special treasure for the Lord. So the Lord is, is calling you to be ambassadors of, for him before the, the nations of the world. So the, and the fourth thing that the Lord told them was in a holy nation. And this is an important point here. God's purpose for Israel was for them to be holy people, a nation people set apart for his purposes. His private possession. By mentioning that God's purpose was for Israel to be holy, the Lord is referring that he wants his people to be and live in sanctification. Sanctification is something that we're going to speak about throughout this uh, sermon. And, uh, and I was thinking about this. A person not converted to Jesus can have an experience with the presence of God. I don't know, but I can't believe it. That was the same thing that happened with the Apostle Paul. Do you remember when he was uh, on his way to Damascus and the presence of Jesus came, that Jesus came and appeared to him and his life changed. That experience changed his life and convinced him that God was real. Maybe you are here and you said, well, I'm here because my mom is pushing me to go to church or my, my brother or Nancy is pushing me to be here, or, 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 or Nadia, or someone else. No, you are here because you have a purpose in this place today. So, so that experience in, in the Apostle Paul convinced him, and he was called to serve the Lord. But when we, have, when we already have a relationship with God, we must live in sanctification and live a life isolated from sin I don't know but um in the past years 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 ago I didn't like when I went to church I didn't like that people think uh speak about sanctification and holiness because that oh my god that made me feel uncomfortable until I learned that I need that to see the face of, of God to see him face to face. The presence of God is more than just come and sing three songs. The presence of God is more than that. The presence of God is more than come or be in my house reading the Bible for 10 or 5 minutes. The presence of, of the Lord is more, it is more than that. The presence of, of the Lord is more than just a pray with Nancy or with my husband. The presence of the Lord is more than that. The presence of the Lord is the only presence that can change my life forever. 
forever. We need to live a life consecrated to him. The Bible says, says be holy because I am holy. This is a small summary that I did. But now we're going to go to Exodus 19, 9 through 11. We're going to go quick because I need time to explain something to you. So you got it? Exodus 19, 9, 11. The Lord said to Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. And the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them. Do you remember we talked about consecration to them? And tomorrow have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day. Because on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all people. What is the first thing that the Lord told Moses to tell the people of Israel? Go and wash your clothes and consecrate themselves because my presence is going to, is going to descend and I'm going to do something in their lives. Now, we're going to go to Exodus 19:16. This the same chapter. But verse 19 through, I'm sorry, 16 through 19. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out, out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up it like smoke from a furnace. And the whole mountain trembled it, that word was so hard for me. Violently, <laughs> as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, and Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. My God, that was a big spectacle. The presence of the Lord was there. So when the people of Israel left Egypt, they knew that God existed. They knew that his presence was with them. With the exception of some of them that were corrupted by the sins of Egypt. But some of them were waiting for God to send someone to deliver them. So do you remember Moses was 40 years in preparation and he returned to Egypt. The manifestation of God presence was real they saw the 10 plagues do you remember the 10 plagues manna do you remember the manna the bread from heaven the quail I don't know if the quail meat and also the parting of the Red Sea the manifestation of God was gradual step by step until they came to Mount Sinai. Sinai, right? Okay, so when the people of God saw this big spectacle, spectacle, something happened. Something happened. You know, 
and I'm going to explain that later. But I want you to listen to me. They couldn't hear the voice of God. They just knew what God was saying through Moses. And we can appreciate here the manifest presence of God. That is the reason why I call, you know, I named this sermon the manifest presence. Because I wanted to explain this. The presence of God is here, right? Do you believe that? But the presence of God is in the other side of the world. I can be here and God is here. He's omnipresent. He can be uh, in several places, many places at the same time. He is a God omnipresent. Amen. So the Bible says, if I go in the, to the deepest place uh, on the earth, in the earth, deep in the earth, you will be here. If I go up to the heaven, you will be here. So God is everywhere. He can seize everything. Oh, but what about the manifest presence of God? The manifest presence of God is when a group of people like you are and me are here together and we praise the Lord and we worship the Lord and we pray and we intercede and we are in communion and, and we hug each other and we love each other. The presence, of, the manifest presence of God is going to be present and miracles, signs and wonders are going to be here in this place. I'm waiting for God to come today and do something extraordinary in this place. Amen. And maybe you are here and you say, uh, Luke is preaching, but uh, I don't want to hear that. You are here because God brought you. You are here because God brought you to this place. The word says that thunder and lightning, there was a thick cloud over the mountain and trumpets and uh, the mountain was covered um, uh, with smoke because the presence of the Lord was descended with fire and smoke like a furnace. It was amazing, but something happened. Something happened. Let's go to Exodus 19. I'm sorry, 20, 18, 19. And the, the scripture says, When the people saw that the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stay at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to us yourself and we will listen. But listen to this. Do not have God speak to us or we will die. The people were afraid. And they preferred that God will continue to speak with them through Moses, not directly to them. And I want to stop here. Many of us, including me, you know, because I am the first one in this place. When I was doing this, when I was preparing this, God brought conviction to my heart and he showed me the kind of idolatry that I had in my heart. God showed me the kind of uh, uh, bitterness that still 
are in my heart. And you can tell, Luki is a pastor, but she's still, still struggling with that. Of course, I am the first one. But you know, sometimes, like the people of Israel, we, we would prefer that God would speak to us through someone than to us. I prefer that, that Nancy pray for me and she can fight for me and, and, and maybe Jacob can do something for me, but I don't want to do it because I was, I was everything served. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but God spoke to me that way and he told me that I needed to do it the same thing with you. No, we need to stand up and fight. And we can go further, further, further. Many of us would prefer that someone else pray for us, fight for us, fast for us, fight for us, do everything for us. No, it is not time. It is not time. No, we need to fight. We need, we need to be diligent. We need to get everything that we need and fight and push because the wall is going to fall in the name of Jesus. And you can see right now that you are praying and fasting and nothing is happening. You know what is happening? Every time that you hit, huh? Every time that you hit, the wall is debilitando, weakening. Every time that you do this, you don't see anything. You don't see anything right now, but the Lord is doing something. The Lord is, push, is helping you to push the wall. But you said, I don't see anything, Luki. I can't see. I can see nothing. Is correct? Yeah. But God is doing something. And you are doing something. You don't see it, but something is happening. The question here is why? They were so afraid. They were afraid because they had hidden sin in their hearts. They were secret idolaters. And that is that the moment with, when God told me, idolatry is in your heart. He told me that to me. The spiritual looky. Idolatry. Sometimes we have pride, bitterness, angry, envy, any kind of sin. But I'm here opening my heart and telling you God is good. And he is cleansing me. Cleansing me? Amen. You know, the presence of God confronts us, exposes, and brings to evidence what is within us. That is the reason why we don't want presence of God sometimes. <laughs> Amen. The presence of God confronts us, exposes, and brings us to evidence. What is within us. But also not to destroy me or destroy you, but to help you to go to the next level. To the next level and the next level. And on this occasion, on this occasion, the presence of God was different than 
different occasions in the old or in the New Testament. Do you remember Elijah when, she, when he fled from Jezebel and he hid in a cave? God manifests himself as a gentle wind. But in this occasion with the people of Israel was different. Why? Because they need to be shaked. Shake, shaken. They need to be shaken because there have they had a lot of idolatry and pride inside of them. God wants to do something. God wanted to remove everything inside of them. But they don't want it. They don't want it. They don't want that. They, they, want, they said, I don't want that. I just want you, Nancy. I want God talk to me through Nancy. Because I don't want that. It's too much for me. I need to work. I need to be in the presence of the Lord. And I need to live a whole, um, sanctification or a holy life. Isaiah 57, 15 says. For this is what the high and exalted one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is, another word that is so hard for me, contrite, help me preach, contrite, contrite, and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly or humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite. Thank you, Nancy. This is scripture blesses my, blesses my life tremendously. This scripture reminds me that I have to stay in a position of humiliation and complete surrender before the presence of the Lord. No matter what happened in my life, whether it's good or bad, complete surrender. God is asking you today, are you willing? Are you willing? The word says that he lives or dwell. What the word, uh, what is uh, the, the word dwell means occupy a place and live there. You know, when I am in my house, I can be lucky. I am lucky. I can be angry. I can be sad. As Carlos and Jacob and Rebecca, when I am mad, <laughs> when I am angry. I can be lucky. I, 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 I can do Everything or anything that I can do because it's my house is the same thing that happened with the, the presence of the Lord. When you open your heart and you let God do what he wants to do, whatever he wants to do, you are telling him, I am surrendering myself to you and giving you everything of me. I am opening my heart. I am opening my house. I am opening everything in me. You know, sometimes uh, when we accept Jesus in our heart, the Bible says that we need to accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord. But the Bible, but, but the Bible shows us that a Savior that was Jesus is someone who take me to a dangerous place to a safe place and that is the same thing that God that Jesus did for each one of us he took us from a dangerous place place of sin 
and took us to a safe place. Okay, now the word Lord means master, owner, someone who has power over my life, someone who rules my life, someone who has complete access to my life. And sometimes we have Jesus as my Savior, but not as my Lord. We need that. Yeah, I need that in my life. I don't want Jesus only as my Savior. I need that. I need Jesus as my Lord. And sometimes we live the whole life. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Savior. But we never let him do what he needs to do. The scripture that we just read says that, that he dwells forever in eternity. That means that he has no beginning and no end. It also says that he lives in the heights. That means that there is no one greater than him. It says that the scripture of Isaiah, that uh, he dwells in holiness. That means that sin hasn't uh, nothing to do with him. But there is a very important phrase here. Isaiah 50. The scripture that we just read, Becca, please. It says that he only dwell with the contrite or broken or, uh, I'm sorry, or broken heart and humble or lowly in a spirit. That is what the word is telling me. Where there is no place for pride and arrogance. The contrite of a spirit is the one who recognizes that and doesn't hide his or her evil and sin. But it's the one who is willing and say, God, I don't want to hide, hide anything from you. It's the one who has, uh, in Spanish, we say that, uh, ponerse los pantalones. We can, uh, you put our pants, <laughs> you know, and say, God, I'm wrong. I have sin inside of me. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You know, stand firm and said, God, I want you to change my life forever. I have to have the agallas. <laughs> this is another. You don't know what that means, but they have the, the strength to recognize that I am not doing well. I say, I'm sorry, Psalm 51, 17 says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. This is key if you want to know the presence of God. No, not the presence of God, the manifest. If you want to experience the manifest presence of God, this is key. A contrite and, and, and a broken heart. This is key. That has been a key for me to change my life. A broken heart. Someone who is always able. Now I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the person who is humble. The person who is open to do God's will. And the most desperate moment of their lives, 
God never despised a broken heart. Never, never. And this was key for God to manifest himself to Moses. You know, Moses depend on God and everything, every decision he made was, was guided and directed by God. He was totally dependent on God in addition to being humble. The Bible says that Moses was a humble man, a humble man. God is speaking to you today. When we are humble, at the same time, we, we need to be active. Sometimes we think that being humble means being passive. No. No. Sometimes we, we, uh, when we see someone and we uh, uh, recognize that person like he's very humble or she's very humble, that doesn't mean that that person is weak or is passive. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what. When Moses was with the people of Israel, and God wanted to move the people, the, 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 the people of Israel from one place to another place. You know what happened? The Lord told Moses, ah, I'm, I'm going to push you, I'm going to send you from this place to this, this other place, but I'm not going to go with you. My angel is going gonna, is gonna to be with you. And the Lord said, why? Because my people, the people of Israel is stiff-necked. You know what I mean? Stubborn and obstinate people. So the Lord told Moses, I'm not going to go with you. But you know, Moses said no. He said no. If your presence is not going to go with us, I'm not, we are not going to go anywhere because I need your presence. I need your presence. I need your manifest presence to come with us so that we can defeat the enemy. But if your presence is not with us, I'm not going to go. We are not going to go anywhere. But Moses made two requests to the Lord. Number one, he said, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna, we are not going to go anywhere without you. And then number two is, show me your glory. Show me your glory please please show me your glory wasn't it enough for Moses to see the burning bush the ten plagues the parting of the Red Sea manna from heaven quails what else the presence manifested of God on Mount Sinai it wasn't enough for, for uh, Moses to see that. You know, Moses was not satisfied. He wanted more. Glory is the, manifest, is the manifestation of God at a, a specific moment where he shows himself uh, something of his, himself. Is the manifest presence of God. At the beginning, I told you, I named or I called uh, this, this message manifest presence. But it, this is the same thing than then glory. So the glory of God is necessary for my life to grow. 
to increase in God, to increase my knowledge, to increase my revela the revelation of God in my life. So God wanted to do something in the people of Israel, but he doesn't, they don't, they don't want that. You know, God had, that had to work a lot in the life of Moses because these people were, they were stubborn. I have been stubborn. I don't know you, but I have been in that place many times. So in Hebrew, the word glory means kabod. Kabod, with, uh, which literally means the weight of God. You know what Moses was telling to the Lord? God, I want to be overwhelmed by your presence. I want to experience your essence. I want to know your nature. Essence means the purest quality of something. When Moses told God that he wanted to see his glory, he was saying, I want to experience your glory. I want to experience the weight of God on me. I want to experience your nature. I want to experience your attributes. Attributes is he's holy. He's merciful. He's amazing. He's a father. He's a provider. He is everything he's the all powerful this is the essence of God Th those are his attributes Moses was telling the Lord I want to experience that I just I just I, I don't want to see that you are doing something in, in in another place you know Moses wanted to experience that and I want to explain this try to explain it's not the same thing when you see God doing something over there and the mountain the plagues manna from heaven he's in the mountain but he's not in me he's not doing anything in my life here in my heart God wants to do something in your life today. You are not a key. You are not here. Because you want to be, to be here. You are here because he wants to show you his glory. When the glory of God is in a place, miracles, signs, and wonders has to I can feel the presence of the Lord. Tommy, God wants to do something in your life. There is something that you have to release. God wants to change something in your life today. Just open your heart and let God work in you. God is good, and his mercy endures forever. And I want to finish with this. In the glory of God, everything exists fully. Joy, riches, peace, healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. You know, the Lord sent 
Moses to deliver Israel without giving him a full revelation of who the God of Israel was. The Lord only said, go to them and tell them that I am send you. But he didn't give an explanation of who I am was. And I can tell you that is the reason why Moses wants to see his glory. Because Moses saw God doing many things. But who is this I am? I don't know who is I am. We know God by his name. But we never experienced him. Today, I would like you to close your eyes. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media.